are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. to another episode of Call for Caring on Purpose podcast. My name is Michelle Bolden, and I'm your host as we journey through caregiving together. The goal of the Call for Caring on Purpose podcast is to educate, elevate, and empower our caregivers during their caregiver journey. So our initial episodes are going to take us to our third Atlanta Family Caregiver Expo, which is on Saturday, November the 20th. And we'll provide more details at the end of our conversation today. Our topic today continues as part of our series about planning the caregiver journey. So today we're going to focus on community resources. You know, family caregivers can be very blessed to have support of the community, which could be family members, neighbors, friends, church members, and much more. If you have that level of resources or not, there can be other means of resources that help support you in the community. And so one of those organizations in the Atlanta area is called Sage Navigator. So I'm happy to introduce our guest today, Jackie Thornton of Sage Nav- Navigator and Two Sparrows Village. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you, Michelle. It's a pleasure being with you and hello to everyone out in the audience. <laughs> awesome. So can you share your background and your current work? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, so I started my career actually in Mommies and Pete's, uh, working with the state of Georgia as an analyst uh, for programs that support women's health and child health, and had always really wanted to um, get into the geriatric side of the business of health and wellness, and made that leap about 25 years ago. And I started working with a nonprofit at the time, now, they're now named uh, Leading Age Georgia, where we provide supportive services and information and supports through the Center for Positive Aging. And love that work so much that uh, I joined two boards and created Sage Navigator with three other colleagues uh, for all of those things that were missing in, in what we call falling through the crack syndrome. Mm-hmm for older adult populations and those uh, differently abled, uh, which is a twist on disabilities. And so now that I've been on the aging and geriatric side, aging services side, and doing that work with Two Sparrows Village, as well as Sage Navigator, I find myself still working uh, vehemently (laughs) to change uh, the perception of caregiving Mm. to care. And uh, I know we'll impact that a little bit, but, um, but yeah, 25 years at this. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And so you, meant, you mentioned about one of your organizations, Two Sparrows Village, but also some of our conversations before kind of talks about the village. So how can you, how did your organization define a village? Sure. So Sage Navigator defines a village. It's, it's either formal or informal. Uh, there are virtual and there are geographical ones. So where there is a community, if you think about neighborhoods, the way they used to be structured, they're within a certain number of blocks where 
residents and neighbors just support each other, right? And so that is the traditional village. But there is a new emerging village where individuals are in a geographic area that are living out and staying in their communities. So they raised their children in these communities and now their children are adults and uh, moved on oftentimes out of state. And so you have what we call a naturally recurring uh, community of elders that support each other. So Sage Navigators start thinking about how could we support those individuals where they are in a naturally occurring retirement community, but there are no you know, other generations that are supporting them. How could we take a virtual platform and have individuals, no matter where they are, supporting those elders, uh, you know, virtually. And so we started doing that before virtual and video conferencing was a thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're ahead of the game. A little bit ahead of the game. It's really me giving my services to the generation um, behind me and the those behind me giving to me. And then we include younger adults who want to support older adults uh, to live well, uh, as a friend, you know, as a neighbor, and not as just an organization dipping in it every now and again, but really building relationships as a true supportive community. You know, I think that's a great concept about the naturally occurring village um, and a community of seniors, because so often when we think about senior communities, we think of a a facility in which there's a building or there's a multitude of buildings nowadays with a community complex, a senior complex. And so, and, and we forget about that naturally occurring community, as you just mentioned, that now a lot of baby boomers are staying in their homes. And so they've been there, they all were, you know, working adults, raising families at the same time, and now they're baby boomers at the same time. So um, that I'm that's a great concept and way to explain a village because we do have to think about that. It's not just a physical building, but it's just where people are. And so I think that that's, that's awesome. What's different about Two Sparrows is that it is brick and mortar. Uh, it's creating a village within a village. And that's where individuals who are on the autism or IDD, intellectual developmental disability spectrum, are growing older. They're living, outliving their parents. And where do they go when they don't have those familial um, supports? We are trying to open up a new way of appreciating the value of those individuals living in community among us. And so at Christian City, we have our first opportunity to have a cottage on a campus of a thousand, mostly seniors, mm-hmm. um, adults and a children's village uh, for children zero to 18. And now infusing what we call this co-housing neurodiverse opportunity for individuals on the spectrum to live among them and with each other. Right. Awesome. So what are, what are the top three frequently used resources that your organization provides for seniors, uh, the disabled, and or family members or family caregivers? So absolutely. I think for no matter where you are in the nation, the area agency on aging, uh, AAAs are the uh, gateway to all things aging. And the ADRC uh, is the actual, you know, gateway 
to receive services. We're fortunate in the state of Georgia in powerline.org, which is a part of the Atlanta Regional Commission's uh, AAA. Uh, it's a database, a platform rich, full of resources. So empowerline.org, we even post a lot of our events there for folks to access it. For the, uh, on the spectrum, I would say the uh, Georgia Council on Developmental Disabilities, GCDD, and um, uh, there's another organization, AbilityLink.org, that are our partners in all things aging. Now, as we age, because of our changes in our health, our abilities may be different um, as we age. I always um, reach out to the um, two, it's uh, Tools for Life uh, over at Georgia Tech. And uh, they provide resources and financing for um, assistive devices. Uh, as we age, as our abilities change, as our sensory abilities change, are really, really cool. Um, Center for Positive Aging and Leading Age Georgia and Leading Age National. Uh, and then my all-time favorite for caregivers is AARP.org. He mm-hmm. uh, has a plethora of really great resources, programs, and documents to help you through the caregiving journey. You know, what's great is that, um, you know, some of the information that you just mentioned are some of the things that we've kind of shared in um, previous episodes as well. So this all kind of connects and brings it all together. Now, you mentioned about the connection of some of the programs or virtual events that you do online. So can you talk a little bit about the virtual things that you all host or support for family caregivers? Absolutely. So I think our number one this year has been a huge hit is our Chill, Chat, and Chew series. Um, So under sagenavigator.org, we have what we call Sage Talks. And our Sage Talks are on a myriad of topics. Uh, Topics on um, how to overcome the stigma once you receive a diagnosis of dementia. It could be a, a topic like this one that's coming up on Friday is uh, really talking about understanding your benefits, your uh, Medicare, Medicaid benefits. Open enrollment is just around the bend and we want people to be well aware of what their opportunities are, how to pick a plan for the individual and for the care team and uh, not just what's been popularized through, you know, advertisements, right? the resources that you need and to get the most affordable plans that you can uh, to save on all you know, accounts. So that, uh, that's our Chill Chat and Chew is coming up. Love, love that series. Not only do we do the sound bites of resources that are really critically important for you, we also have entertainment. After entertainment, we do a bingo because we're unpacking a lot of new terms for mm. folks. A lot of acronyms, you know, in the government organizations, there's so many acronyms, yes. you know, also we help you to understand that through a bingo process where we reiterate all of those terms to help you to really get it under your belt and give some great prizes. Um, also, we have on noir experience coming. So this is a progressive dining experience for older adults and persons on the spectrum to engage in uh, a 
dining experience between two venues so that we can break up the crowd and honor all the CDC's um, right. variant D, you know, mitigation <laughs> protocol. And yes. I would say another that I just love is our Aging Well Expo that we do every year. Um, we've been doing it for the past two years. It's rich, full of entertainment, really good information, a localized information. So no matter which municipality you live in, you know, there's something that's available to the listeners and viewers. And uh, we have great partners like Georgia Power and um, Gen Care Medical Centers is one of those great partners in City of Atlanta, constituent affairs out of the mayor's office. So some really great um, folks who are really interested in serving and not necessarily just advertising. You know, that is critically important. So I'm excited about what you're going to be doing and spearheading over at Impact. Oh, yes. Thank you. That's that's we're excited about the Family Caregiver Expo in which you're referring to. And so our focus is really on the Family Caregiver Expo, uh, the family caregiver that um, because sometimes, you know, we talk about the loved ones and the general population of aging or the um, disabled um, or I'm sorry, what's the other term we're using? Disabled. (laughs) Say that again. Differently abled or neuro. Differently abled. That's right. So for those who are differently abled, um, so we really focus on the ones who are caring for them because often we, as a family caregiver, I'm just thinking about the person I'm caring for, not even myself. So someone has to be an advocate for them as well. And so we try to do that through the expo to allow for them to remember that I have to care for myself at first. And then there are resources to help you that you don't have to do it alone. So we can conquer those two things that, you know, you don't have to do it alone. There's help for you. Um, and you have to take care of yourself first, then, then we're doing a great job when they leave the expo. And, and that's our goal to do that. Some of the other, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the journals that you all use. I think that's good when you talk about the family caregiver. Can you share uh, about your journals? Sure. So just a couple of years ago, we uh, tapped the shoulders of a dear colleague and author. Her name is Sydney Tyler Thomas. And we created an intentional mindfulness journal. And we actually do seminars. Um, September 22nd is our next one where we're working with individuals through the intentional mindfulness process because we know that there are healing properties in staying in the moment when you can actually stay there. And if you have a way of keeping yourself in the moment and this this 30-day journal is a wonderful prize possession. Yeah, I go back to it even after we've taught this for nearly two years. I still go back to it when I have downtime to reset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a partner as well, I'm moving out of that caregiving syndrome where I'm doing all the giving, as you were mentioning, not restoring for myself. And this is one of those key components to restore and reseed and re-energize the care partner and caregiver team. And so I, I just think it's, it's a fantastically written piece. It's not something that you can um, read in a day. It's something you want to read daily so that it gives you that practice. 
you know, when you talk about mindfulness um, and just being in the moment, it can be valuable when you're in a stressful situation, even taking 30 seconds or 60 seconds, just not to do anything, but just to deep breathe or just listen to music. Um, and it can give you some new energy or at least allow for you to calm down. And so that's something that a family caregiver can do um, when you're in the midst of being upset. Or you want to step into the closet for a minute and just do that. It It is very powerful if we're able to, to use that and know how to use it. So that's awesome. Um, now, you talked a little bit about caregivers and then the evolution of where we're trying to go to not feel alone, but to go into almost a caregiving team. So can you talk about that? I just think that's a great concept. Absolutely. So, you know, back in the day, a caregiver used to be called a caretaker, right? And in that taking, we evolved from taking to giving because, you know, you don't want to take care away from the person that you're giving and supporting, right? Right. Uh, caregiving. But the challenge with that is that typically caregiving people kind of feel like they're siloed they're the only ones pouring out and into another and they deplete themselves and too often we've seen caregivers pass before care receivers yes. and what we need to do about this so we started teaching something called uh huddle up and uh create your care partner team and we do this because we need to teach caregivers how to duplicate themselves and how to spread this heavy work about amongst number of people rather than one or two people. And what we hear from not only the care pseudo past tense caregivers is they now feel like they have a space and time for themselves. Um, they feel more energized to be able to meet the demands of care partnerships when they are partnering rather than just giving, caregiving. We also hear care receivers say they feel like now they get to give back to the ones that are giving to them. And that reciprocity is the key and what's powerful. And everyone, all tides, all boats float, you know, when everyone's a part of the team. Absolutely. That's great. I, I love that. Huddle up and absolutely. And so duplicating yourself means that you have to delegate, right? So you have to delegate some of the things that you do. And, you know, they may not do it the same way that you do it or as good as you do it, but it's it can be done where your loved one is safe safe and getting what they need. And so that is the goal is that we're able to do that. And again, you have to take care of yourself. And, and I, again, do see many caregivers passing before their loved ones because they have burnt themselves out so much. They're not going to their doctor's appointments um, and they're not taking their medications because again, while it's for a good effort, um, we kind of get lost sometimes and we just have to give ourselves the permission to take care of ourselves and that's okay. And actually the one that you're caring for wants you to do that as well. Because if it's a mom or dad, you know, what did they tell you all the time when you were sick? Did you eat something? Do you need something to drink? And so they want you to continue to do those things, to get rest, to eat, to drink. Um, and so they want you to take care of yourselves as well. So let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned about the changes with the virtual and the impact from the pandemic. What are some other things you're seeing that has impacted the way that you all service your constituents or members? 
for, um, you know, social isolation is a, a huge uh, detriment to our population. And it's not just happening to older adults. All of us who had to be in for three, four, five months, uh, unable to go out, um, unable to get and have time with, even if you have a small group of friends and family, when you aren't able to do that, social isolation can have disparate impact. And what we decided to do is combat it, you know, and let's utilize the platforms we were using for sharing services to also share information and resources. And um, intentional mindfulness emerged as a way and a medium for us to teach people how to overcome the disparate isolation feelings you may be having. Um, we want to ward off dementia. We want to ward off uh, any signs of depression and suicidal ideation. And virtual platforms can actually take you, augmented reality can actually take you to a good and happy centered place. And so that's uh, our attempt is to bring education, information, referral, and fun um, beyond, you know, we're, we can get on Google, we can get on YouTube, and it'll demonstrate all day long how to do something, right? But it's not reciprocal. And videography and video, um, well, I guess video conferencing, I should say, is that it's engaging its two ways, right? Even if it's a teleconference, it's two-way. And that's what the human being needs. It doesn't matter your age. Uh, so let's, let's make a, let's, let me make this statement right away. Aging is a verb. We're all doing it from the moment we're born, right? <laughs> so just because you hit an, I know, milestone in your life and you say, this is, this means I'm older, you know, at 55, maybe you say it at 85, you know, I'm 54 and I'm proud of it. I'm so happy. <laughs> this part of the earth on top of the soil and not under it, right? And so once we stop looking at mortality, all the negativity in the news, we wrap our heads around doing something differently. We are, whenever we do something different and new, it helps to rewire our brain, gives us new synaptic connections so that we, our brain is active. And even though you may be averse to using these platforms, just giving it a try helps with your brain health. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just say to the audience and to care partners, even if you stumble trying to access a Zoom or a Teams or whatever it is, or maybe you have to ask three or four questions before you figure out how to turn your phone the right way to get, get your right. Answer. Right. Or, or you're not on mute when you think you are. <laughs> do it anyhow. Do it. Do it. But know that once you get the hang of it, you are going to be in a much better place. Absolutely. Great points. Um, so can you share how your personal journey has impacted what you do today? Indeed. Um, you know, all of us are going to be caregivers at some point in our lives, right? Um, and I had the opportunity a few years ago when my husband's uncle, who's like a father to him, favorite uncle, um, started to have signs of early dementia. And in 
an instant when he had driven himself 21 hours from New York with his wife to come visit her mom. Um, we noticed he wasn't healing well after a surgery. And we made a decision, hey, you guys, you're going to have to stay with us for a while um, until we figure out what's going on with your health, get things recalibrated. And literally in a weekend that was supposed to be a weekend visit turned into a two year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we employed everything that I'm talking about. Uh, you know, our aunt was caring for her husband deeply with pa- passion, but she wasn't taking any of her appointments. She missed all of her healthcare visits and her health began to change. And when we started creating our care partner huddled up team, they got better, so much better that they were able to move back. Now, not back to New York, but back with the adult children that they raised, mm-hmm. adopted, which were a niece and nephew in the Virginia area. And we still care partner together. In fact, she's on a visit here after three, four years that she's oh, been wow. visiting her sister and my husband will pick her up down in LaGrange and bring her to Atlanta to get, get on a plane to Hartsfield tomorrow. But that's the power, you know, healing can happen when you move from just caregiving to care partnering. And I share our own personal journey and how we did it right. to others. Yes, absolutely. That That is a great story and experience about how important it is to huddle up and have care partners and the benefit it gives um, not only the loved one, but the family in in its entirety, because now the mother and father are both um, thriving at this point versus one being really critically ill um, because they're taking care of the other person. So that's just a great story about that experience. Um, Now we talked a little bit about um, younger caregivers and sometimes I think that's a missed opportunity and I feel like we need to discuss that discuss that much more in the family caregiver realm because we are seeing caregivers are much younger you know sometimes they may be 20 30 years old these are not always you know a adults who may be 40, 50 year, years old. And so um, are there any things that you kind of direct towards that younger generation or you finding you're seeing an increase in, the, in that uh, demographic? Absolutely. Um, we are seeing even younger than the 20 year old. Um, there are teenagers that are caring and a part of the support team. Our children were those children uh, that were caring for their aunt and uncle um, and allowing them to care back. So uh, whenever we went on events and went to meetings or went out to dinner, our son, who's an Eagle Scout, and he would actually be the one that to help vehicle, help him out, wheel him around wherever he wanted to go. That built their bond. It was just precious. Um, And what the uncle would do with so seeds of wisdom in all that time they spent together teaching him about things, about adulthood, you know, about um, being a man. Uh, and, and those are the kind of things that we don't, we value it, but we don't recognize it as you have to create opportunities for those generations to get together. Yeah. They're not doing something physically, but if they're doing something to empower, nothing like that. Um, 
kind of interaction. Yeah. So yes. And, and I'll say also, let's not forget the formal care givers in the scenario, you know, those agencies and, um, you know, other partners and healthcare team providers, they are part of the team. Uh, they're just a little bit on the outskirts, right? But right. they are, they're essential. Absolutely. Each, each person has a key role in being part of the team. And that's what's so important that we recognize it as a team. So when you do have an agency or someone in your home, um, I know for us, we see ourselves as a team. So there's a family members, there's the aides, there's a nursing supervisor, and we're all part of the team that has that connection to give, give a better outcome, a quality of life for that person that we're focusing on as well. And, you know, we normally kind of talk about the definition of a caregiver. And so as you kind of explained about the younger generation and what they're doing, we really need to begin to add them into the discussion. Cause I think about my own son and what he does for his grandfather. Right. And so it may not be physical things that he's doing, but just sitting and occupying company and have, listening to those stories. Um, those are all part of the care for that person. It stimulates their brain as they're able to go back and recall those memories of the good years. And um, it's all very stimulating for them. So um, we celebrate everyone age 10 to, you know, a hundred. So whomever is providing that care. Um, so this is a great discussion. And so we're going to take a break with our sponsor um, and come back on the other side and talk about some other community resources that can support you during your journey as well. So we'll be right back. Call for Caring in partnership with Impact Church presents the 2021 Atlanta Family Caregivers Expo on Saturday, November 20th, 2021 from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. The event will be held outdoors in the Impact Courtyard to ensure the environment complies with all CDC guidelines. Attendees may also participate via Zoom and Facebook Live. The Atlanta Family Caregivers Expo is a great opportunity for family caregivers to find the resources they need to ensure a quality of life for their loved ones and themselves, including COVID-19 testing and vaccinations, flu vaccines, blood pressure and glucose screenings, speaker series, one-on-one -on -one consultations regarding caregiving issues, raffles, care scholarships, and much, much more. This year, we will offer complimentary companion care for your loved ones. Space is limited, so register early. You can register today at callforcaring.org. Thank you to our gold sponsors, Home Helpers of North Atlanta, Impact Church of the United Methodist Church, North Georgia District, AARP Georgia, Cigna Medicare, and Pruitt Health. Welcome back. We'd like to thank our sponsor. So we're continuing our conversation with Jackie Thornton of Sage Navigator in Two Sparrows Village. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about other community resources. So can you share a few other community-based organizations that you often partner with to support seniors uh, and their family caregivers? 
Sure. Uh, one of the things that's critically important, I think, as we age, and oftentimes, you know, we stop going to the doctor or seeing, you know, doctors more and healthcare teams more regularly. We just like we're going going along fine. Everybody's feeling fine. I feel fine. I have a few aches and pains. I just ignore it. I keep going. But I think uh, primary care physicians groups are key in um, warding off anything that may be percolating. Right. So. We often partner with healthcare organizations like Gen Care Medical Centers for older adult populations, specifically because they specialize in geriatric medicine. And uh, oftentimes the internal medical physician or uh, family practice folks may not know about older adult healthcare panels that should be used on older adult pop. So, we partner a lot with Gen Care Medical Centers. Now, you know, they're not nationwide, but they are uh, in Atlanta. They're in Florida. They're in, um, I believe, uh, Virginia area. And, and th- those are important practitioners. Um, if you're an older adult and you're with, say, a HMO, um, you should consider finding out. You've been with a medical practitioner for a long time. You don't feel like you're really being seen for all the things that you should be paying attention to, or they are not necessarily, is to ask for a geriatrician. Mm -hmm. Um, They're few and far between, but most practices will have geriatricians on on their team. So I think that's critically important. Um, I, uh, we also partner a lot uh, with other folks like AARP, AARP Georgia, just critically important Empowerline. I can't say enough about Empowerline.org and um, that um, they are just so full chunk worth of information. Another organization, when you're looking at housing options as things change, maybe you don't want to keep managing that home and you're looking for senior living options, I always recommend leadingage.org. In our state, it's leadingageGA.org. Uh, always um, really excited about the work that those folks do that are typically, uh, many of them are not-for-profits in the housing and resource uh, space. And so they really are doing good and maximizing all their receipts and revenue to seed back into the community, which is, you know, just critically important. Their um, ratios for staffing are usually higher, which is important when you're seeking um, housing options. And I mean housing options from independent living, assisted living, personal care, um, on up the scale to nursing homes, and uh, even uh, for uh, life plan communities, which used to be termed continuing care retirement communities. They're a great resource. Um, Center for Positive Aging, of course, don't forget us, um, safe.org. And uh, for the neurodiverse co-housing options, um, Two Sparrows Village in our state, um, Autism Network uh, is another great uh, resource. You know, um, some of the other resources, those are all great resources and some are even new to me. Um, Some of the recent things I've kind of seen and and had some conversations with is um, when you talk about dementia is the Dementia Spotlight Foundation. 
and yes. which they're doing a lot of work around that and giving care grants, you know, for respite care to families, three to $500. And so it's worth for people to kind of look into that. Another resource that I talk about is when you're transitioning to someone home from a hospital and acute visit, because often this is not planned. We're just jumping into this because of a reaction to something else. And so, you know, your insurance may not cover equipment. You may not have a bed included or a wheelchair or a scooter. And so FODAC is another resource that I often send that will actually help with um durable medical equipment. So you fill out maybe an application fee, $25 at the most, and then you go in and you can go and select potential uh, equipment that are large price equipment often, as long as you have a vehicle to get it back home. So again, that's FODAC and that is uh, Friends of Disabled um and children. And children, that's right. So thank you. So you know about that one as well, right? So um, that's another resource I give. But as you just talked about, we talked about the team. Um, you mentioned about the PCP and then the gerontologist being a part of that. Um, but there's also the pharmacists. I think we kind of um, underestimate the importance of what they do because now we're in a world where people are having five, six doctors, someone is taking care of my brain, someone's taking care of my leg. And so we may not always have that communication and know what the medications are. But if you have that same pharmacist, then they get that input of medication and they can say, no, 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 that's too high or too low or there's a contraindication. And so sometimes we want to shop around for medications. I get a $2 saver at this store, or $3 here, but having them in one place, it can be such a benefit for you with um, safety, but also you can have an advocate in your pharmacist, right? And so I just think the pharmacy or the pharmacist is a very important part of your care team as well. I, I echo all of in fact, um, we have just partnered with Alter at Emory University and met uh, Dr. Canterbury, who's a pharmacist, and geriatrics.com uh, is his website. And for those who need an advocate to help all those medical team members get together on the same page to analyze your medication, to make sure they are all working well together for your body. I, I just uh, applaud, yes, what you just said. And, and that is just so critically important. And having um, a medical home uh, right. help with that um, streamlining. Um, so if all of your practitioners are able to share the same data system to understand what's going on with you, top to bottom, um, is uh, some life-saving kind of uh, coordination, I'll just say. Absolutely. So some of our listeners may be outside of Georgia. And so are there similar resources um, that may provide the same type of service that Sage Navigator would um, that are in other states? And Indeed, we're uh, putting our tentacles out through to other states using virtual uh, platforms. It, it doesn't matter where you are. Uh, so we'd love to be that partner to help you suture together what we call social service coordination to address social determinants of health, um, either with families or with communities, with faith-based communities, through our work with um, our Faith Village Connections um, team. It, it, there aren't many like us, because remember, we're filling the gap 
there. There are resources. We're not trying to duplicate um, that. We're trying to stand in the gap until we advocate enough, until the community understands enough and begins to resource it enough. Uh, but I, I don't know of many others that are, are like us, <laughs> Michelle, uh, but I, I hope that we continue to expand in other municipalities and states. Well, great. So are there, um, I'm guessing a lot of work that you do is driven by volunteers. Yes. So if someone is interested in supporting the work you do and to volunteer, what, what would they need to do next? Sure. Give us a call. Our phone number is 404-549-4504. You can also call our uh, Sage Central Hotline, which is our mobile line. It's 404-883-1841. And, um, or visit our website at www.sagenavigator.org. Wonderful. Wonderful. And as we get prepared to wrap up, um, what are two actions that you recommend our listeners take immediately after listening to this podcast? Uh, number one, I want you to develop a one pager. I want you to put a circle in the middle of the page. I want you to put the name of your care receiver, the person you care for. And then I want you to put five lines out in the distance away from that person five circles around those five spokes. And I want you to list your name and four other partners that you're going to join to the team. <laughs> Wonderful. Brave enough to ask them, no matter their age, and you don't care if they do things differently. What you do want to know from them is what they expect to receive out of the experience. Everyone needs to be able to give and receive. And then you do that for yourself. So those are the two assignments. <laughs> awesome. I love it. That is great. Tangible items that are going to change your life once you complete it, right? Indeed. That's wonderful. So are there any websites, social media, phone numbers that you recommend that they follow to kind of help with their journey? Absolutely. So I'm um, the aarp.org slash caregiving, um, their website. Alter at Emory University and uh, our website and our social media accounts, Faith Village Connections and Faith Village Research. And there's also Emory Alzheimer's, Wazetta Alzheimer's Research Center. I love the work that they're doing. I love the work of the Eaton Alternative. And, uh, you know, I think you mentioned earlier Spotlight um, Foundation dementia spotlight foundation are all really good let me share if you google um and it's called um words matter and i want you to hang on that words matter and even though they're talking about how we change our terminology so that we don't deplete even though they're not necessarily on the dementia spectrum words matter will change your viewpoint and it will change your relationship with the people you care with and for and it's under daanow.org that's daanow.org and look for their words matter when i started changing uh, the phraseology of like disabilities i don't use that term 
very often. Um, I use differently abled. Do you see that how much more that's empowering to the person? Yes. And to yourself, making it trans- come out of your mouth and being, you feel empowered even by saying it. Right. Um, to change our images, change our words. Wonderful. That's great. So um, can you just remind us again, if they needed to get in touch with you or your organization, can you provide that information one more time for us? Sure. So we are at sagenavigator.org, S-A-G-E-I-G-A-T-O-R.org, or 404-549-4504, or 404-883-1841. Wonderful. Thank you so much to our guest, Jackie Thornton. We appreciate all the work that you're doing and all the information you provided our listeners today. A couple of reminders, go ahead and make sure you have your care partners, um, pull out your piece of paper and pen and take on that assignment that she gave you right now. So that gives you a task to do to go ahead and find who your care partners will be. Um, The other thing is that check out their chill, chat and chew. All right. And remember our terminology and that words matter. So differently abled is what we're moving forward with. Right. And so we want to thank you so much for that information. Uh, A reminder that our family caregiver caregiver expo for 2021 is on November the 20th. You can find out more and register for the expo at callforcaring.org. This event will be filled with resources such as Sage Navigator, home-based resources, personal care, hospice, um, consultations with a nurse or pharmacist, uh, legal guidance, financial guidance, and then just a day to be treated special as the family caregiver. So we hope that you can join us. Um, The Call for Caring on Purpose podcast is part of the Finding Your Forte channel on Up To Me Radio at www.uptomeradio.com. We can also be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. So we hope today's uh, Call for Caring on Purpose podcast has met our goal to educate, elevate, and empower caregivers during their caregiver journey. Thank you. Thank you.